listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hi, you're listening to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Aria and I'm joined as always by our resident vet, Dr. Glenn. Hello. How are you going? Good. That's good. Um, we're here to talk about anxiety in dogs. Um, so if you have an anxious dog and you're wondering where to start, um, we're hopefully going to help you um, point to you in the right direction. Um, Absolutely. So, yes, <laughs> um, we're going to cover um, what anxiety is, what the different types are, and um, give you an idea of, of what sort of help there is available. Bit of an overview on what, how we can start to approach things. Yeah. 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 So what is anxiety? Yeah, what is anxiety? Um <laughs> I mean, it's an inappropriate response to the pet's environment or something that's not actually happening in their environment. Okay. Um, I mean, getting fearful or worried about something is normal if it's going to be a protective mechanism and help keep you out of trouble. Um, yeah. And that's a, a normal thing. It's just when it becomes a, um adverse response to what's going on, like an over-the-top response or a response to a stimuli that shouldn't cause that problem, basically. Yeah. yeah. So um – the difference between fear and anxiety. I mean, in general, um, fear is a normal response to something that you should be fearful of. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, there's a couple of different definitions and how it gets broken down, but really it's um, fear is a response to something that is actually happening or going to happen. Yeah. Um, or has already happened as opposed to anxiety is an over-the-top response or a, um, a yeah, an inadequate response to the stimuli that's actually happening. So yeah. um, an over-the-top response where you don't really have to behave like that, you don't have to um, put yourself through that trauma yeah. um, and, and anxiety um, in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what signs of anxiety do dogs show in general? There's a few different types, but what does an anxious dog look like? I mean, just a broad spectrum of just the, the – very start of um, just being like a little bit more vigilant, a little bit less relaxed, basically in um, the circumstances. I mean, you know, moving around more, yeah, um, and looking, um, waiting for something to happen, um, yeah. right through to um, starting to you know run around more and um, you know trot around, um, trying to escape. Yeah. Um, and it gets to where they're, you know, digging through walls and, and traumatising claws and and ripping screen doors off doors and all sorts of things. Um, so it can go right from just um, not being as relaxed as they should be right through to, um, you know, jumping walls and going through plate glass windows and all sorts of things. Wow. And trying to escape from their circumstances. Yeah. 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 It's um, it's pretty full on. Yeah. Um, so the three different types of anxiety we're going to cover. Yep. So um, – Firstly, maybe let's talk about separation anxiety. What is separation anxiety? Yep. Um, and, yeah, what does that look like? Um, I mean, separation anxiety, just the, the response of the pet to um, you, the owner, going to leave or if you've actually left what they get up to and, and how they behave while you're not there. Yeah. Um, so sometimes the anticipation of you leaving at a set time, going to work and all those sort of things, um, or when you actually leave, um, how they behave and how they respond to that, not um, going about their day um, sleeping for 18 hours a day as most dogs do, yeah. um, just basically not being able to cope with their owner, not being there is essentially separation anxiety. And usually that's 
when they're on their own, but sometimes it can be the special person, my mother or my father's left, yeah. um, and the other dogs are there and other people could be there, but they can't cope with that um, special person or special people um, in their lives yeah. not being present. Yeah, my, my, my dog Sage is like that. He does not like yeah. when I leave. It doesn't matter if someone else is there. Um, he knows my routine, so he knows if certain things are happening. Yeah. Down to because he comes to work with me, so he knows down to what it looks like if he's coming to work with me or if he's not. Absolutely. And then he will start to pant and pace, yeah. and when then when I leave, if I don't do anything, he just barks yeah. and barks until those triggers. And I mean, it doesn't. You don't necessarily have to leave. I mean, some dogs, it's being put outside or you know not being in the bedroom when yeah. you're you know in your crate or just you know access to an area um, yeah. and close proximity to your um, special person um, isn't available basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so um, with separation anxiety um, I believe it has to be actually diagnosed by a vet, is that I right? mean yes to, to say okay it's definitely separation anxiety but I mean anxious behavior around someone leaving um, or a, a pet it's not about just locking them in a cage. I mean, that's not really separation anxiety. Um, it's not being able to access close proximity to the person um, that they want to be next to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it is a psychological condition um, with a specific, you know, diagnostic parameters, the same as most psychological conditions. But, yeah. um, you know, it's a pretty fair chance that if your dog doesn't lock you leaving um, and starts to do behaviours that it shouldn't do or doesn't normally do when you are there, okay, there's a pretty fair chance it's got separation anxiety to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that can that can look pretty, you know, that can get pretty extreme, like you were saying, like Absolutely. going through windows and stuff or yep. destroying the house. Yep. Like there was not a single piece of furniture in my house that does not have teeth marks on yep. it from my dog at one point in no, time. they can get very, well, self-destructive and destructive basically, Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, it's a, a sign of the level of, um, you know, mental distress that the pet's in essentially, yep. which isn't much fun. Yes. Yeah. So then the next type of anxiety we'll discuss is noise sensitivity. Yep. So what is that one about? How do you define that one? I mean, really, it's okay, um, regardless of where the dog is and what's happening, um, you know, specific sensitivity to a noise that you might know what it is and sometimes you don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, storms and thunders, that you know, the classic one and fireworks, I mean, they're you know, very high on the list of, of we, potential um, causes. We have a whole podcast about storm phobia. Yep. Um, so if you think that's what's going on with your dog, check that out. Yeah. Because um, that's, yeah, a big, big one. Um, but, yeah, fireworks is a really common one yep. that you hear about, hey. And, again, I mean, it's based in a normal response. I mean, a noise that's strange or not regular that your pet's exposed to, I mean, that's a normal thing to be, you know, concerned about or yeah. or want to investigate what that is, but it's then it's an inappropriate response to it um, as far as, you know, classic for storm phobia. I mean, you know, starting to get worried six hours before the potential of a storm uh, is happening or yeah. um, the, you know, over-the-top response to that where, okay, yes, there's thunder and you've heard lots of storms before and those storms haven't killed you yet, um, but your level of anxiety and distress about it is over-the-top compared to what's actually going on. Yeah. So um, that's where it becomes a problem, becomes a, you know, a a noise aversion or a phobia problem. Um, and the same with fireworks. I mean, fireworks aren't going to kill you. Um, and it becomes other noises a lot of the time as well. Mm. Um, and all of these anxiety things, we talk about trigger stacking. Um, yeah. And it starts as, okay, 
storms as a really common one, but then it becomes nail guns up the road yeah. or um, barbecue briquettes cracking or mozzie zappers or um, clothes pegs or, you know, yeah. all sorts of things um, that end up becoming a problem and, and these dogs, you know, get in hypervigilant states yeah. um, and – it, it, they're not looking for something else to be afraid of, but that's what it sort of becomes yes. um, where they're already in this anxious state um, and something else happens at the same time as they're anxious and then they become worried about that yeah. um, and that becomes a, a big problem. And, and obviously, you know, noises um, apart from your know, dog going deaf, um, that's always going to be a potential issue yeah. um, and there's, you know, treatments for it and, and ways you can get around it. But it's a big problem because that's not controllable to a large extent. And it's because dogs have such sensitive hearing. Yep. A lot of the time, you can't even hear what they they can hear. Absolutely. So it can be hard to to figure out hard what to it figure is. out what it is. Yep. Um, and and um, there's noises all the time, and what noise are they choosing to pick on? Yeah. Um, and that can be hard to ascertain. My crazy old Dalmatian, she, I think, and I'm convinced that she's afraid of birds chirping particularly in the morning when, well, that, when they birds, are terrifying <laughs> they are terrifying <laughs> um but you know and she's got all sorts of other anxieties as well but it certainly escalated to where she didn't want to go outside in the morning and oh. you know there's the general undertone of bird noise in the morning and then you know a new noise or a particularly loud one and she's you know even more on edge from that yeah um, so it's you know there's, there's all sorts of crazy stuff that goes on in their brains. Yeah, yeah. Sage um, doesn't like the sound of a sizzling fry pan Yep. Um, because I like to cook some things quite charcoal-y and set the smoke alarm off. So now <laughs> he associates the, the sizzling pan with the really noisy smoke alarm. Yep. Um, so whenever I'm cooking something that's, you know, sizzling, He'll sit on the couch and just, like, have a real miserable face. Just wait for the alarm to go off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so it's just little associations yeah. like that that can happen that um, it can take a bit of detective work to Absolutely. get to the bottom of. Yeah, and sometimes it's impossible to figure out <laughs> what's going on. That's right, yeah. and then that's when general anxiety just comes into yeah. it. So what? how do you define what just general anxiety is? I mean, it's sort of defined in general as um, <laughs> not separation anxiety, not noise phobia. There's another trigger which we may or may not actually be able to perceive what it is. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's usually a non-perceivable tri- trigger where you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I sort of classify things like um, old dogs that have got arthritis or neck pain and that sort of thing. Like, um I've had my own pets where they'll have a, a physical condition that causes them pain, but then they become anxious about that. They sort of, it's like they don't realize where that pain came from. Like yeah. they react like, you know, something bit me or like yeah. there was something external to their body that caused them discomfort. And then that starts to become another anxiety trigger for them because yeah. they have um, perceived pain or, or pain and then they appear to start to anticipate a painful episode yeah. that happens spontaneously like my environment's going to attack me or something when it's when it seems to be um internal pain yeah. um, as as the problem because in those pets um and again this is why we recommend dogs have thorough exams at vets and, yeah. and have discussions with your vet um about all these anxiety um issues that are going on because sometimes i find that particularly older pets um you know you've ruled out or or 
can't find anything else going on and okay you know before we go fully down the path of all the anti-anxiety um, treatments and medications and that sort of thing let's do a pain relief trial yep. um, to see if you know pain is part of it and, and the complicating thing is sometimes it's not the whole story yeah. um, it's just a contributor to it but it's um, you know, but it's that trigger stacking thing you were talking absolutely. about like yep. pain increases cortisol the yep. stress hormone yep. so then you know if their cortisol is increased already it doesn't yep. take much more for it to hit the roof absolutely and then it you know it gets really complicated where okay he's a grumpy old dog you know there's plenty of dogs that start to be a you know, problem around small children and, and that sort of thing um where okay the children aren't going to hurt the dog um necessarily but the um, dog thinks that the children could cause it pain because if the dog has to move quickly yeah. you know away from children or away from another dog in the family and, and then you start to get problems there with you know inter-dog relations where yeah. the old dog thinks that the younger dog just from its close proximity might be going to hurt it and then that sets off this anxiety um, cycle and look sometimes you just can't really tell what's going on i mean a really common phenomenon with old dogs is uh, like nocturnal um, anxiety where okay. the lights go out and everything goes down um, one thing with old dogs, um, one thing that's quite common is like nocturnal anxiety. So okay. when everyone's trying to go to bed and the lights go down um, and there's nothing happening, well, all of a sudden the pet that's been sleeping on the floor for the last six hours um, all of a sudden becomes hypervigilant and it's like they're afraid of the dark or, or something just triggers them with that, you know, course of events basically considered that they could be werewolves there could be werewolves there could be ghosts there could be apparitions who knows um and and my crazy dalmatian certainly looks like there's an apparition down the hallway because she seems to send her down the hallway because when she's crazy i just sleep on the couch and tether to the couch and just stay stay there because she's on all the drugs and everything else but um yeah she just can't be pacified basically and and doesn't doesn't like it when you say all the drugs let's get into that because i don't think she's um doing some illegal recreational things no Um, some of them are used recreationally but they are prescribed (laughs) (laughs) and again that's why you need to go to your vet to get them prescribed your your crazy old dalmatians uh, drug habits are another podcast but um so let's talk about treatments for anxiety so um there are pharmaceutical options but there are supplements absolutely yeah, there's all sorts of things. That's not the only the only way to go. Yeah. So, um, where where do you, where do you start? Where do you start? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, we talk about the three different types of anxiety, and and they've got different modes of um, like training aids and desensitizations mm. and and um, counter conditionings and that sort of thing you can do as far as training and environmental change. Yeah. But they're all common in that they're all anxiety disorders, so yeah. we can do. Um, common things to all of them to try and help out certainly yeah. um and for me um i mean basically there's physical things you can do there's dietary supplements um and prescription medications and pheromone stuff basically that's the, yep. the sort of the main different things you can do yep. um, i mean i'm a big fan of the storm shirts thunder shirts yeah um they certainly cause a physiological response in most pets yeah. um, and, and a helpful physiological response. And they're backed by science as yeah, well. absolutely. Um, so, I mean, they're all compression garments basically um, and they um, increase the release of serotonin in the brain and the feel-good neurotransmitters and have a calming effect. Yeah. Um, so, and there's something you can do 
straight away. Yeah. Um, they don't have a, a lead up time for them to help out and work. Yeah. So um, they can certainly help. I usually say about 70% of patients you see an improvement on. Yep. Um, and a lot of the time it's not there's a single thing that's going to stop all these behaviours because particularly if they've been going for a while, you know, you've had a, an escalation mm. in things and, and you're probably going to need to do multiple things at once. Yeah. But if it's doing as many things as you can to initially get things into a better situation where yeah. um, things are de-escalated and improving and then you can start doing less things, hopefully, um, and, and maintain the, the, yeah. the response. But, yeah, Thunder Shirts definitely um, are one of the first things that I recommend. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's like, you know, the Thunder Shirt, that might help, you know, improve the, the dog 20%. Yeah. And then giving them a supplement like Zilkeen, which is the um, dietary supplement yep. or a pheromone thing like Adaptal, that, you know, those could help another 10 or 20%. Absolutely. But by the time you've done that, then you've improved the dog, you know, 40 or 50%. Yep. Um, and then that gives, you know, more room to for improvement with yep. the other stuff. That's um, right. So, yeah, it can – it all sort of adds up, like trick and stacking. I guess it's treatment yep. stacking That's right. Well. It's, it's, it's adding up to give a, a, a good response, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the, the type of treatment really is specific to the type of anxiety as well. To a certain extent, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, the, the supplements-wise, I mean, Zilkine is um, a, a very good supplement that, that helps for mild to moderate anxiety cases. Yeah. Um, and even severe anxiety cases, I mean, it probably should still be in the mix because it's got um, – it's just a once-a-day supplement that is based on milk casein protein. So mm -hmm. it's um, hydrolyzed, so chopped up in little bits that it's absorbed um, across the blood – brain barrier yeah. um, so it um, again um, gives a feeling of um, calmness and well-being basically like yeah. you've had a big drink of milk essentially yeah. <laughs> um, but even more so but even more so um, and it um, it can certainly help you know in this situation as well and yeah. it's something that you need to start at least a couple of days beforehand yeah. um, and it's an over-the-counter medication so it's you know not on prescription, so you can try it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and it's good for, you know, generalised anxiety and long-term anxiety problems where, okay, my pet's going to need to be on something for the next you know, couple of yeah. weeks. If it's storm season, you can use it for storm season. It's not a, okay, there's something terrible happening in two hours' time. Yeah. I'll, I'll give it preempting it. They need to be on it all the time. Um, but there's no withdrawals from it. You can, you know, take them off it if the, the stressful situation has passed as well. Yeah. yeah. I found it to be fantastic for Sage. Yeah. It's really helped him. No, it's a really good one to throw in the mix. Yeah. yeah. And the Adaptal, um, there's collars, um, there's the, the travel spray as well as diffusers. Yep. Um, that you can plug in at home. That's right. So, so yeah, so it's a, a pheromone. Um, yeah. So a dog appeasing pheromone that the dog thinks it's um, nuzzling up to its mother, basically, um, psychologically or, or subconsciously, <laughs> um, the way pheromones work. And, and yes, it's um, it's got to be in close proximity to the dog. So yeah. you can um, s spray the local environment if you're crate training and um, or your pet's in like a a bedroom or in, in a single area so yeah. you can spray its bedding and its environment you can pop it on the thunder shirt the little yes. patch on the thunder shirt um to help out that way so again it's close to the pet yes um and the collars um because the collars on the dog well it's always close to the dog so it you know that helps um for a month um, yeah in, in that sort of situation um and if you again if you you know crating um or if your pet's confined to a laundry or a, a bedroom the the plug-in adapters can treat that local environment as well yeah yeah, yeah. and so um on top of these out over-the-counter medications there's also prescription options up through the vet absolutely so what, what does that look like 
again, depends on the circumstance. And yeah. um, I mean, generalised anxiety and, and most noise anxiety. Um, I mean, storms, you sort of know when they're going to happen. Um, fireworks, you usually know when they're going to happen. Um, but if it's chirping birds or nail guns down the street, um, you, you can't you know, control that situation for um, just giving you medication two hours before every yeah. incidence. So um, the main short-term medications we use are things like um, benzodiazepines. We used to use Valium a lot, now we use Lazapram, um, yeah. which you can give you know, an hour or two before the potentially stressful episode yeah. and it lasts for you know, six to eight hours um, and then wears off. Yeah. So you can give it you know, long-term um, as needed if it works in your situation, but you can also give it in the short-term um, for things like um, you know, storms or fireworks if you only need it for yeah. a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and there's a few weird ones like gabapentin, um, which is a drug we use for all sorts of things, yeah. um, which ha- has got some anti-anxiety effects. Um, it's a little bit the same with prescription medications um, as far as you know, people's psychological troubles. Um, it's a bit of trial and error sometimes. Yes. Like it's, okay, this is a medication that will hopefully help in the situation. We'll give it at the appropriate dose um, for the appropriate amount of time and see if it works yeah. um, and sometimes it's um, because we're doing multiple things at once it's it's difficult to know exactly sometimes yeah. w- which one's giving the most response um, but I mean if we're at the vet you know getting prescription medications we've got a fairly significant problem that we're trying to do something about yeah. um, and um, doing multiple things at once to try and get a response and okay once you've got a response um, and it's potentially assisted with your training and counter conditioning and, and other things that you're working with yourself or if you've got a, you know, a dog trainer involved as well yeah. um, to help with, with these situations, okay, do we use this medication as helping out to try and change the pet's opinion about these you know, perceived problems yeah. um, and then hopefully if it's successful, we'll wean them off over time, the prescription medications and, and keep them on you know, lesser things. Um, yeah. And some pets you know, do need prescription medications long term and, and that could be you know, combinations of multiple medications yep. um, and sometimes it's um, you know, it's successful and you can take them back off it and, and they return to, you know, to a normal life. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... So, you know, whatever the medication side of things is as well, um, there's always going to be that training and and counter-conditioning yep. aspect of it um, to sort of supplement those. Absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a holistic picture. It is. Um, and it would be nice if you could rock up to your vet and get the tablet and it fixed all your problems. That's pretty unrealistic most of the time with these with yeah. these situations like it, it's an aid and and a lot of pets it's you know it's a very significant part of the therapy yeah. um but there's very few um anxiety conditions that are going to be fixed by just taking a single medication and, and yeah. not changing the way you behave and trying to alter the way the pet behaves and changing its environment yeah yeah um and like for separation anxiety keep an eye out because we will do a whole podcast about that in itself because it's a it's, a it's a deep yeah it yeah. needs a deep dive um but you know there's all sorts of of ways that you can create a positive um outcome yep or a positive association i guess with, yes. with things is that right absolutely so it's you know you're trying to deal with the situation you've got at the moment but also um put a more positive spin on you know in the case of separation anxiety i mean making um you leaving um a happier situation for yeah. the dog so they're not worried about well a you not being there and b the process of you leaving as well um but that's you know not a quick thing but can definitely be done yeah um, and um making it up 
by yourself doesn't make much sense. Um, you know, there's help available out yeah. there um, to, to guide you in that because, you know, there's lots of things that people try and think it's the right thing and it's actually the opposite of the right thing, like yeah. flooding techniques and yeah. all sorts of stuff that, you know, you know, just get used to the noise or play something that you are really afraid of all the time at high volume and wait till you deal with it. That's not a good it's option. It just sounds like <clears throat> make it worse. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much likely. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, like with Sage, like I mentioned earlier, he has the separation anxiety. Um, and so, like, one thing you've mentioned for us to do is, like, a leaving party. Yep. So he gets food before I – like, he gets an enrichment toy with some food before I go. Yep. So then once he's done that, like, afterwards, you know, he finishes that and then he's kind of just a little bit miserable instead of – That's right. Yeah, barking and tearing the house apart. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just about, you know, changing, well, making your pet's life um, better, basically. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. So with, with any, with no matter what it is, there's um, all sorts of ways yep. to deal with it. Um, and, yeah, being guided by a professional is so helpful, even if it's just to have an outside opinion and someone to bounce off because yep. it can be a tricky thing to, to deal with. That's right. And rule the other stuff out and it's often a, a team effort. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, it's very helpful. Hopefully we can help out. Yeah, um, and good luck. If you have an anxious dog, um, yeah, please um, reach out and get some help because there's plenty of help out there and, um, yeah, you, you guys will get there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye.